Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 28th episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. But you didn't come here to see me today. You came to <laughs> see the man of the hour. He's Chad from Bleach, Sojuro from Persona 5, yeah. Toby Rama Senju from Naruto, just to name a few. He's the legendary figurehead who has been paramount in bringing the entertainment industry into what it is today. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Jameson Price. Jameson, how are you doing today? Thank you very much, Zach. It's a great introduction. I'm doing pretty well. It's a little warm here in California. Ooh, yeah, but, I've uh, heard it's like upwards of like over 120 in certain areas. Yeah, I think uh, up in the valley, they hit up over 120, which was insane. Luckily, I'm near the, near the ocean, near the beach. A little bit more temperate here, so that's good. Oh, I cannot imagine, you know, coming from California myself, you know, it's definitely something I'm grateful to be in here right now. But I did want to mention, you know, that intro, I never say anything I don't mean. And that's what I want to kind of jump into, actually, because you are this world-renowned performer, artist, actor, everything out of the moon. But what I want to ask you first is, was this always the plan, Jameson? Did you always think you wanted to be, you know, this monumental force? Did something <laughs> no. happen earlier in life that got you here? Ah, uh, well, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, an astronaut was what I wanted to be. Um, <laughs> if you're a kid, you want to do stuff like that. Um, but I was, uh, and still love science fiction. So um, a lot of reading of science fiction, listening to uh, old radio dramas. They weren't podcasts back then, but same sure. sort of thing. Um, so yeah, an astronaut was where I was going to head. Uh, but I soon found out that required much more math than <laughs> I was willing to go for. Sure. And uh, I started acting probably the fourth grade, I think is the first show I did. And that bug hit. And that's kind of always what I've wanted to do. And I mean, I've even tried because my parents were like, really? <laughs> that's what you want to do with your life? Why don't you be a lawyer? Then you can, you know. Anyway, they, um, they, were, they were very supportive, but uh, uh, so I mean, I tried to kind of not leave it, but prepare a, a plan B. Sure. But um, now the plan A kind of always worked. And uh, I mean, high school did drama, um, college, I kind of, I went for psychology. I was a psych major, bio minor. We're gonna do experimental psych. Uh, but I had been doing theater and it was messing up my grades. So I put that aside, concentrated on the psych and uh, I took statistics, again, math just killed me. And uh, in stats, they kind of tell you that you assume this number to be this and you base all your research on top of that. And I went, why do we assume that to be that? And they didn't tell me. Now I'm assuming later on now in life that they would have told me why they were assuming a number to be a number. <laughs> But that whole world of experimental psych kind of went out the window for me because I thought, this is bogus. You're, you're basing it on an arbitrary number. And went back to, uh, to, to theater because I could explore the human condition and the human psyche and all that kind of fun stuff from the inside uh, with theater. And so graduated with a BA in theater and speech and jumped out in the world. And eventually I ended up here in uh, LA for grad school um, and it was just out of grad school when uh, I was doing a show and my leading lady, Dorothy Fawn, uh, she went, you know, my husband Tom and I are doing this anime stuff and I think you might be good at it. And she got me in a foot in the door in a studio and the rest is history. 
<laughs> of all the people to run into, uh, Dorothy Fawn would be <laughs> the one that would get you. Well, speaking of anime, there were a couple characters you know, I did want to touch on. Um, the first yeah. one being from a show that's actually been recently announced, it's coming back. So the popularity of this show has risen uh, it, to the point that people like myself, who hadn't given the show a chance before, finally did, and their lives were changed forever. And that character I'm referring to is Chad. Now, ah. I just wanted to ask, you know, what's kind of some of the inspiration that you kind of, no. the voice that you give Chad in, and kind of just kind of how you kind of landed into the role of one of the main characters of one of the most popular shonen series out there? Oh, uh, well, you get cast in these things, so um, I didn't know what Bleach was. Um, and it was interesting because he was younger, um, but they wanted the big, deep kind of resonance. And I think there was a lot of Keanu Reeves that got sprinkled in there um, <laughs> because it was that he was that laid back kind of thing happening. So I would kind of just think about Keanu a little bit and what, what he might do. Uh, and, you know, then he's also, Chad was a fighter. So there was a, um, aspects of that that had to come in into play. Sure. Sure. And so what did you ever expect? You weren't a, you didn't really know what bleach was at the time, but did you ever nope. expect it? To, you didn't expect it to be what it is today. <laughs> no, it's like how many hundreds of episodes? It was oh, incredible. God. We just kept recording and recording. Uh, just, well, and then the next one, which I mentioned a little bit ago, and uh, this is kind of jumping a little bit from anime into the video game realm. And that of course is Sojiro from Persona uh, 5. So yes. uh, you voice, personally my favorite character in that game um and you know with persona 5 royal recently came out you know you got a little yep. even more uh you know lines and just you know a lot more airtime for your character so kind of were there any unique and special things about sojiro that you kind of did in that game oh sojiro was a lot of fun um i loved his arc i mean kind of starting off as a grumpy old man um and being really kind of like to the the player um but then you discover i mean the wonderful backstory and um his relationship with Futaba's mother and then kind of how he cares for Futaba and and you know, you know he's good at heart even though he's got this hard shell exterior uh so it uh it gave me just a ton to play with and um just a great arc so there was subtlety involved there were what we call subtext and acting. So he's saying one thing, but meaning another, all sorts of fun stuff in there. And it was just a delight to play. And I'm a father, so I was able to draw on, you know, my own experience uh, in dealing with children. <laughs> fair, fair. Well, you, you mentioned that, you know, being a father kind of helped you, you know, yeah. about that role as Sojiro. Do you find that any characters in specific that you've done throughout the years you've been able to really get, kind of do the finishing touch on them because you're kind of drawing from your own personal experiences? Yeah, I mean, as an actor, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. um, we use our imaginations to great extent. Um, and you're given the parameters of the character, his description, their history or whatever. But within your acting, you just have you to draw on. So, you know, whatever I was bringing to the characters is, is part of me and adding that to the description of the character. Um, uh, Nier from uh, the game Nier mm -hmm. is one that comes to mind. Um, he had a whole, his sick daughter. So there's a lot of stuff that I was using my daughter to imagine and think about and relate to. 
as I was going through that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much anytime I have children in anime or games to play with, I'm, I'm working with my own children and, and trying to bring that sense of personal um, and personality to it. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I did want to ask, were there any unique challenges that is found? So you, obviously you voiced so many things throughout the years, you know, be it cartoons, anime, video games, but mm -hmm. are there any unique challenges that are, you know, inherent to voicing characters in anime, cartoons, or even video games? It kind of depends on whether you're doing dubbing, because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the anime is dubbing. So yeah. we are, as dubbing actors, trying to be as on honor and be as true as possible to the original language, whether it's Japanese, Korean, um, I've done French, I've done Russian cartoons, all kinds of stuff. But in that, you're trying to, you get a preview of, of the character, of the original actor speaking. Um, and so you get a feel of, okay, this is where they're going with it. So you are constrained somewhat in anime or in dubbing uh, by another actor's interpretation. I'm gonna bring a, an American vibe to it and try to make it accessible for an, an audience in America. But I wanna make sure that I'm, I'm not totally screwing with the character. Sure. The uh, but if you're doing um, a video game or animation that's original, you get carte blanche. You can play and do whatever you want. Sure. Uh, and that's, that, that freedom is nice. So do you find that, uh, as you mentioned, you're also a stage actor. Uh, do you, so voice acting, acting, let's be clear, guys, you know, two sides of the same coin. Uh, but what I did want to draw on is that, you know, when you're, especially when you're dubbing anime, it's often just you and like the sound producer, sound engineer, the room. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really play off, you know, other people in that sense. So how do you use, you know, your stage and, you know, just like in person, uh, you know, filming, actor expertise to kind of, you know, kind of give the characters a little extra edge when you go into dub. It's all with your imagination. That's all you have to work with. Although sometimes um, if they have recorded uh, another actor first, if you're the first actor, you're just going to be doing it all by imagination. Sure. Other times they'll, they'll play the line before and lead you in. So you know what you're responding off, to, off of. Um, and that's very, very helpful as an actor because it's all about reacting. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that, yes, it's all imagination. It's uh, a very, very active imagination that we have <laughs> as voice actors where, yes, you're, you're in a booth by yourself with a microphone that you have to maintain the same distance from and attitude towards with your mouth. Mm. That is, if you go and turn your head, the engineer goes, oh, you're off mic. So you have to keep right here. You can do all kinds of other things with your body. Sure. And I do. Uh, people laugh when I'm recording <laughs> because it's very visual. Um, but I do a lot of, of body work because you can hear that. If somebody is just sitting there and saying words, it doesn't have the same reality. Sure. So I work a lot. I'm always on my feet. I'm moving around maintaining that attitude with the mic, with my mouth. But other than that, I'm trying to physicalize it as much as possible. Sure, sure. Um, well, 
so I, there was a certain character I wanted to ask you about. But before we go to that, guys, I just want, wanted to point out, if you guys are watching this live here on Facebook, a lot of you have already either messaged your questions directly to VisionCon or just put it in the live chat. But you guys still have plenty of time to do so. But because at the end of this, we are going to get to viewers' comments and questions, guys. Yeah. But I did want to talk to you. Now, we talked a lot about characters that you've portrayed. But there are a lot of roles that you also do that it's not necessarily a character, more like an unseen narrator. And I can think of no oh, yes. <laughs> better example than you being the announcer for a little tiny known series called Just Mortal Kombat ever since 2011. So I did want to ask yeah. you how you landed that job. Were there any kind of special things you had to do to kind of attain that job? And, you know, kind of throughout the years of having that job, kind of, you know, anything that's kind of, you know, come up since then? Well, it's all about auditioning. Um, and having the right timbre, I guess. Um, I mean, even when I was a kid, Mortal Kombat was around and we'd all be fatality and doing that kind of thing, imitating that voice. So when I got the chance to audition for it, it was mind blowing. <laughs> uh, and then, then to get it has been fantastic. Um, in nine, I also got to do Noob Saibot. Um, and uh, gosh, it was like the original Sub-Zero, the brother who gets killed or something. Mm -hmm. um, but so I got to do some other characters, Ermac and Ten, um, but I still got to do the announcer. Um, and, and Eleven is just the announcer for me. Sure. But uh, that has been amazing. Um, that has gotten me the most street cred out there. Uh, I have been on film sets and TV sets, and then they find out that I'm the announcer for Mortal Kombat, hey. and all of a sudden I'm doing voicemails for all the executives. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, so like, was there a unique challenge to kind of attaining that role? Because, you know, these other roles, you're, in, you're embodying these characters that have, you know, big backstories, you know, have full conversations with other characters. Whereas the announcer, I mean, it was just, you know, short little tidbits here and there of very empowering uh, phrases and like yes. really like, you really nail the finality of fatality. <laughs> so is there a unique challenge to being able to kind of nail that every time? Again, it, it comes down to imagination sure. because it's not just saying the word fatality, I've got to mean it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working in my imagination, trying to create different um, situations and things where, you know, I'm, whether I'm pretending to watch a fight or <laughs> encourage a death. <laughs> but so it's, it's, it's working with that kind of reality as much as possible. Um, because yeah, you want it to be active. You want to, you want to get that. <laughs> that rush when you hear it. Um, and it's so funny because microphones are just wonderful creatures. Um, a lot of the times I'm going very low. They, they compress it and do fun stuff. So I'm just saying, you know, fatality. And I can rumble into the microphone and all of a sudden they do their magic and it comes out and I'm like, whoa, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, because if I push it too hard with fatality, in just um, live, that works. And people go, ooh. But if I do that with a microphone, it, um, it becomes too much, I guess. Sure. It's interesting because they oftentimes in the sessions are like, less, less. They just pull me back and pull me back. And I'm like, really? You're getting, and they were, they're getting great work out of me. So 
I'm happy. That's all that matters, I guess. Well, you mentioned imagination multiple times throughout the interview. And I did want to ask, now, looking back for me anyway, I mean, back when I was a kid, you know, had a lot of imagination. I could, you know, make entire worlds in on my little noggin. But now as an adult, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit it. Don't have nearly the imaginative talent <laughs> that I had back then. So I did want to ask you, how do you, you know, you know, still at your prime uh, in your career, but, you know, older than, you know, we all were back then. Yes. How do you still retain, you know, that level of imagination? Oh, um, keeping young at heart, I guess. Uh, I don't really feel much older than my late, <laughs> late teens, early 20s, or in my head anyway. In my body, yes. I'm a little like, oh, that hurts. Where did that come from? Uh, so, but inside, I don't feel like an adult in that kind of way. Um, and I don't know if I've never really explored that, whether other actors also have that feeling of, you know, I don't feel like an adult. Obviously, I'm adulting, (laughs) but um, the imagination, I mean, your brain's a muscle. Your imagination is a muscle within your brain. Um, So exercising it. So I I love to read uh, a lot of science fiction. Um, I try to get, you know, read the healthy books and things. Um, But things that that allow me to imagine um, and, you know, let me sink into (laughs) Game of Thrones was amazing. and before I watched it, I'm like, I got to read it. So I read all the books first. Really? Yeah. And I, and so, oh, it was, they were fantastic. And that the world is rich and imaginative. And I mean, it's very cinematic in my head. Yeah. Um, then, then to watch what they did with it, I'm like, oh, you guys did a good job. Um, Lord of the Rings, another one where Peter Jackson, kudos, oh. because he got pretty close to what was in my head. Um, not completely. That's a high, <laughs> but, high accolade, though. Yeah. Uh, so just, you know, using your imagination, whether it's reading, um, watching TV, love my science fiction movies, um, and then uh, in the booth, because I'm working a lot, which is, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you're given, okay, here's this character. Um, and, you know, wh- wh- how do you create that voice? Okay. Well, I look at the character. I'm like, okay, what does he look like? He looks like this. And is he you know, big and mean or is he small and he's not? Uh, and so you, you begin to shape a voice that's going to go in there and the director helps you. And you go, okay, okay, now we have the voice for that character. And then there's this imaginative situation. Sometimes it is within the context of a dub and you're like, okay, I can see what he's doing and that kind of thing. Other times it's just description uh, on the script. And you're like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, so... There's a lot of, of exercising of the imagination that goes into this work, and that keeps you sharp. Well, in a similar vein, I did want to ask you, uh, you know, you of all people, you know, obviously, you know, years and years of experience and, you know, years and years of, you know, well-renowned work. So I think you of all people would be able to answer uh, these next two questions uh, you know, better than most, because a lot of people who watch the show, we've noticed, are, yes, here for the, you know, the wonderful guests that we have on, but they are also, we've noticed, people that are interested in getting into the acting and voice acting uh. industry. So the first question I wanted to ask you in that vein is how you, Jameson Price, of all people, deal with rejection. Now, let me be clear. Rejection's a part of life, no matter how you look at it. But I would argue 
if there is ever an industry that rejection is probably more prevalent in, it would definitely be yours. So how does someone as successful as you, Jameson Price, deal with rejection? Does it get any easier? Or if it doesn't, what advice would you give to people watching? It's all in your mindset. Uh, you can't focus on the rejection. Uh, yes, I audition all the time and I only get a small, tiny portion of what I audition for. Do I think I'm right for everything I'm doing? Yes, because I'm going after it. Uh, but you really, as an actor, as a voice actor, you have to work on that audition as hard as you can. And that's your job is to get that job and you're working on it and you're doing nothing. I spend an inordinate amount of time on my auditions. Um, <laughs> I've, tried to, I've gotten better. It's down from the hours that I used to do. Sure. But, so I'm working, 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 working. Do it, send it off. Now forget about it. Okay, okay. So you gotta forget about it because then it's like, okay, on to the next one. Sure. Um, and each one is a, it's an opportunity. It's a fun thing to try to, you know, to work on, but you can't, in your mind, you can't go, oh, I wish, you know, and start obsessing about something because now I've sent it off into the world. I have no more control over it. Sure. Would you, would you say it gets any easier over time or is it just a constant struggle? I would say it does get easier over time. Um, and again, experience and practice. Uh, that mind, let go. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Just let it go, Bob. Um, so there's that practice over and over again, and it, and you know you're working on auditions, and you just let it go, and then you know a month later something comes back, and oh hey cool that's hey. great, and you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the folks watching at home, you know that are interested in getting into this industry. Is there any like advice that you would give them? You know, anything, uh, things to do, things to avoid? Do they need to oh. come right out the gate getting like an agent and like the best equipment or is that something they can build up to? Kind of anything? No. no? Okay. No, 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 no. You don't go right out of the gate. Um, you really have to, it's a, it's a slow process. Mm. Um, acting is the first thing. So having acting experience or taking acting classes and, and just knowing how to use your instrument. Um, not just you know acting, but your your voice, how to take care of your voice, because as a voice actor, you lose that, you don't work. <laughs> sure. Uh, so there's a lot of um, kind of vocal health involved, uh, and being aware of how to uh, how to maintain your your vocal quality, um, and not hurt yourself. But underneath it all is acting. So getting that as a as a background, then. Um, I mean, with the advent of the internet and everything, computers and stuff, you can work from almost anywhere. Mm, LA and New York are still hubs. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of work coming out of Atlanta, some stuff coming out of Canada. Um, but you can find work kind of wherever you are. And through the internet, you can work internationally. Uh, there's lots of, of availability out there. Starting off, you'd use, I mean, just a USB mic into your computer and the stuff that you want to do, the, the things that you think are in your wheelhouse, that you know, this is the way you know, I want to do anime or I want to do games, imitate it. Work on just kind of like, okay, can I sound like that? Through that process, you hopefully will find what you sound like as opposed to what somebody else sounds like. So if you, you just start developing your own interpretation of that character. Um, 
and that's the that's the way we practice and finding finding copy write it out uh whether it's from a magazine or something you see on tv or here on the radio make up yourself reading books i read books to my kids and that kind of cold reading i mean i hadn't read the book at all before so i'm sitting there and also you turn the page and like oh I'm the girl, not the guy. Okay, I've got to <laughs> change my voice. And children are wonderful about um, instant feedback and letting you know whether they like what you're doing or not. So that was a nice trial by fire. But reading aloud is, is very good. It'll also help develop your breathing and your stamina. So I would say acting stuff first, uh, acting classes, knowing how to use your voice and how to not hurt it, and then working with your you know, a computer, simple computer setup in a quiet part of your house. As you get better at it, yeah, then you start upgrading. Um, eventually, you need a demo to send out, but you, you got to be very careful about sending it out too soon because it stays out there. And if it's not up to par, people are going to remember that. You know, <laughs> no pressure. I have a few demos out there that I would like to recall, but <laughs> luckily it didn't, uh, it didn't stand in my way. So it's not the end of the world. If you have something out there that's not great, but um, finding a good um, there are classes out there. I know here in LA, there's tons, um, and there's some online stuff as well mm. that uh, that a lot of different voice actors have um, training classes and, and acting classes online. So I've, I've I've done some coaching, a lot of lots of us coach as well. Mm. Well. Uh, guys, I hope you're taking notes because now you have all <laughs> of the details necessary to become the next Jameson Price. Mm. Now, I did want to ask, you know, you have been doing this for years, have, you know, empowered yeah. and embodied so many characters. But I did want to ask, have there been any throughout the years that have just really stuck with you and just kind of, you know, you happily hang your hat on at the end of the day? Uh, well, Sojiro is, he's a wonderful character and it was a lot of fun and, um, we had enough recording that, that there was there was time to experience the character and really yeah. live with the character. Uh, because oftentimes we go and we do things, games, and you know, you're in there for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, you're done and you're out. Yeah. So to get multiple sessions is nice. Um, so Sojiro is one who has stuck with me. Um, the monk from uh, Diablo 3 yeah. was another one. It was my, I think it was my first player character. Um, and that was again lots of episodes, lots of sessions, mm -hmm. but getting to kind of live with that character, um, he was he was a lot of fun and enjoyable. Ryder was one from Fate Zero, that was just his joy of life. His his energy was fantastic, and he was just you know so big and broad. Oh yeah, he was he was lots of fun. Uh, oh, and uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, Gonzalo. Oh, okay. Can't forget about that. That one. Um, was really interesting. Oftentimes there are these things we don't know. I mean, I knew it was Count of Monte Cristo, so I knew the story. Sure. But you don't know exactly where they're going with this stuff. Uh, and the artwork in it was so different and in, uh, vibrant and interesting um, that it was a lot of fun. And then you're, like, you're going along, oh, ah, that's, ah. you find out things, you know, as you're doing yeah. it, they're like, oh, that's different. Okay, now I know more about my character. I know why he's doing this. Um, but he had, a, and again, an interesting arc. Um, not just revenge, but uh, sure. there was stuff going on there that 
um, it, it sat with me for a while. It kind of <laughs> marinated. I, I did that. Yeah. Well, there was one last thing I wanted to make sure we talked about before we go to the plug zone. And it's honestly been something that's been on my mind since you brought it up before we went live. Now, you have your own podcast. It's called yes. Crypto Z, uh, you know, sort for kind of cryptozoology. Right. And I just got to know what that is. So <laughs> I was, this was very, very interesting because um, the director approached me middle of last year, something like that, maybe towards, anyway. So I get this email um, about this possible podcast and I still don't know how they found me or why, because <laughs> he's in New York. Um, oh, wow. So, and he and the writer, because uh, he's married to the writer and she wrote this, she's actually a, um, an author and she'd written this book called The Ancestor and which I've now read, it's very good, I recommend it. Um, and so, Part of this is a, is an offshoot from that because there was these characters that she wanted to develop further, and then that became this podcast, Crypto Z. So the director contacts me from New York and wants to do this. So we're like, how do we how are we going to handle this? And the female lead, she was in London. What? So <laughs> I'm here in L.A. She's in London. He's in New York. Okay, so we used Source Connect, um, which now all of our voice actors know about Source Connect. <laughs> and we were able to hear each other in real time. They recorded in London. I recorded here in LA. The director directed us. But again, talk about imagination. We had a script. And okay, this is, you know, you're climbing the Alps. You're looking for Yeti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So it's really cold. It may be blistering hot in your studio because <laughs> my booth is not air conditioned. Um, but you're having to imagine that. Uh, there was a lot of, of, I mean, we were snowing, uh, snowing, skiing down the Alps at one point and jumping over chasms. So there's all this stuff that you're having to imagine and, and be active in there. We then take our recordings and then send them to the director and the sound designer and they would put them all together. So along comes COVID <laughs> and, and we're all doing this now remote and like, I've already done this. I know how this works. <laughs> Got a leg up on all of us. So I had a little leg up there. But so Crypto Z is available on Apple Podcasts. Um, episodes one through five are up. Um, they're anywhere from like, just under 20 minutes to a little over 30 minutes. So they're, they're nice little oh, wow. chunks. Uh, not, it, yeah, that's not a huge time involvement. But like an old radio play, there are sound effects. Um, there's different characters coming in and out. Because um, there's not, not just um, Fiona and myself, there are multiple people involved in this. And uh, it's really kind of fun. And there's some, some twists and turns along the way. They're still working on episodes six through 10. So those should be dropping, I'm hoping soon. Because mm -hmm. um, what we were doing, we were doing a little Sunday Zoom um, where the director would air the episode and we'd all listen and then chat with fans who are on the site. So that was kind of fun. So hopefully we'll continue that. But, For sure. uh, but yeah, so check it out, Apple Podcasts, Crypto Z, and um, hopefully we'll 
have another season after that. <laughs> there you go. And for those of you watching this live on Facebook, I put the link to CryptoZ uh, on Apple Podcasts in the live chat, or if you're watching this later on YouTube, it's going to be the description in the box below, along with a lot of other links, which perfectly segues my way to, guys, this is your last chance if you haven't already commented or messaged VisionCon directly your comments or questions, because ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Jameson Price, now is your chance to promote, advertise, plug, whatever verb you want to use, anything Uh, you want. The floor is yours, sir. All right. Well, CryptoZ is a big thing I'd like to plug because I'd like that to to work and to, uh, (laughs) you know, become popular and, and, yeah, we'll make it into something fun, more fun than it is. Um, I should plug Marvel's Avengers, new, new Marvel's Avengers game. Um, I got the opportunity to voice the abomination in it. So I've joined the Marvel universe there. Although I was kind of already in it with Surter in uh, <laughs> Ultimate sure. Alliance 3 or something like that. Um, so that was really cool. Um, gosh, is there anything else that I can talk about? Um, and I've got a good player character, another player character coming up here. Um, we're still recording. COVID is, the lockdown has interrupted it big time. But uh, I'm hoping that's going to be really, it looks great. We're having a lot of fun recording it. So uh, we'll see on that one. But I can't talk about it yet. Sure, sure. Well, as uh, I'm subscribing to Crypto Z on hey! podcast, guys, uh, is there, <laughs> if people just want to hear or see more from you, kind of where can they find more just, more of Jameson Price. Ah, well, um, I'm on Cameo, so people can contact me there. Have me say some fun things. Um, I'm actually trying to work on uh, on my website. Mm-hmm. I've neglected it for way too long. <laughs> um, but since there's, we're all kind of sitting around, not exactly doing nothing, but there's time on our hands, um, doing some recording. Uh, whether it's uh, some original poetry from my youth, my angst-ridden youth, uh, <laughs> or some public domain stuff because I don't want to step on copyrights. Um, but I'm trying to figure out how how to like have fan re- fans request uh, a certain poem or a short story or something, and to make that uh, viable uh, for a fan base. And I don't know quite how to do that yet but it's in my mind and there you go you know it might work out nothing ventured nothing gained true (laughs) and then so guys i'll have compiled all of those links as well as jameson's facebook pro uh, public profile instagram and twitter all in the live chat or if you're watching this on youtube obviously the description below and with that guys we're out of the plug zone and into viewers comments and questions so like i always do guys i'm just going to kind of do it a 50 50 split between Uh, The Messenger and the live chat. Give me just one sec, guys. Okay. All right, guys. So a lot of people saying hi to both of us. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we got Aaron. I'm going to start off with you, bud. He's going to ask if Digimon Data Squad teamed up with Marvel's Agents (laughs) of S.H.I.E.L.D., which of the following would Commander Samson and Kudamon team up with? Peggy Carter, Nick Fury, or Phil Coulson? Oh. Oh, Aaron. Oh, man. I think I have to go with Phil Coulson. Phil Coulson. Any any yeah. any particular reason why? Oh, he's just so good. Um that was just such a wonderful character and grew from you just see him and he's like there and all of a sudden he's 
the incredible arc there because you, you know <laughs> Nick Fury. All right, uh, you got the whole thing going on there. Um, but Phil was just delightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so sad to see him die. This, oh, well, uh, Chris messaged it and wanted to know what was your favorite part of voicing Toby Rama. Ooh. Um, that's tough. I mean, it's, it was, he was fun because he's the, you know, very spiritual. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know, I guess because he's, he's very, uh, he never lost it. <laughs> he was always <laughs> he really did. Very, very together on his, uh, how to do this and do that and his instructions. Um, he never, he didn't panic. So I think that's my favorite part of him. I uh, dig it. But yeah, Toby Rama was cool. He was definitely a big foil uh, to his brother, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, so Nate wrote in and wanted to know, so he said, you're sort of known for playing very gritty, serious, fatherly characters mm -hmm. for doing, and for doing narration. How do you go about doing more comedic roles like General Jelly Jiggler? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut, I dig that. Oh. I know, I was wondering if anybody bring up old Jelly Jiggler. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, wow. Um, before that I did uh, something called Moncali Nights. Mm -hmm. um, and I was a dad in that one, but he was a, a kind of an absent-minded professor dad. And the director, Michael Sorich, uh, dear friend, fantastic actor, great director. He managed to get stuff out of me <laughs> I'm like, I did not know I was going to be able to go there. Uh, so that was a, a huge kind of, oh, you know, yeah, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I, I live down here in a gritty, deep kind of thing. But then it, he was taking me all over the place. And then Bobo, 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 Bobo took that out of the galaxy. Uh, the, I wonder to this day, the writers on that show, what they were thinking. Okay, they were. I mean, it's amazing. And General Jelly Jigger got anywhere, everywhere from military guy to geisha girl. I mean, it was so crazy and wild. And we were watching, of course, the Japanese you know, uh, interpretation and then having to work within that and try to honor it and be, give it justice and also be American about it. So that was a, a, a really interesting challenge. And that took me places that were pretty crazy. <laughs> well, we got time for two more questions, guys. Um, so Maureen wrote in and wanted to know, what was your favorite, say, the Chad line or quote? Oh, oh, favorite Chad. Um, oh, there was something about his right arm. And I got to uh, do, uh, it was Spanish, Izquierdo, and I can't remember it right now, um, but there was, it, was a, it was just a delicious line to say. Um, but I think my trigger phrase, because as an actor, you have to get back into it, and um, there would be, the, the, the engineer would play a reference to, okay, sure. get back into the voice. But there was something about, you know, I can see my house from here. <laughs> Something like that. That was uh, that's that's what comes to mind when I think of Chad and getting back into that voice. But 
uh, <laughs> the right arm, the izquierdo, the, uh, nah, can't remember it. But there was a big, nice kind of battle cry yeah. that they had. <laughs> that was sure. so much fun. Well, we got one last question from <sighs> okay. Nate. He said, uh, you mentioned Yuri from Planets, from or Planets earlier in the chat. Are yes. there any anime you've been in that you feel deserves a bit more attention? Oh. Well, all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think, I mean, there's so many that are so much fun. Uh, I mean, Planetus was great. Um, I'm trying to think of some of that early. Oh. Oh, Wild Arms uh, oh, yeah. comes to mind. That one was really kind of fun and interesting. Uh, it was a fun character, uh, as I recall. But that was a while ago. Um, I'm trying to think if Last Man was anime or original. Yeah, close enough. But Last Man was very cool. Um, that was more recent, mm -hmm. 2016, I think. I was checking, my, checking out my IMDb before. <laughs> uh, trying to remember some of this stuff. And uh, Howard in that was mm. was interesting, lots of fun. Um, yeah. Oh, Levius from uh, Hugo from Levius. Mm. That's another recent one, where I was a big fighter. But again, he had an interesting arc. He yeah. wasn't just the big beefy guy. He he had yeah. he had a heart. He changed. Yeah. Yeah, what we like as actors, be able to play an arc. For sure. <laughs> well, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all time we've got for episode 28. So before we sign off, though, Jameson, is there yes. anything you want to leave us off on? I think we covered a lot of stuff, Zach. Yeah. That was great. Um, Action packed episode. <laughs> hope that uh, VisionCon is doing well and online for, for now. For now. But, uh, oh. Hopefully, uh, some you know next year or when we get back into this swing of things. Yeah, I'd love to come out and visit. <laughs> oh. yeah, yes, please. But, you know, <laughs> only way out is through, guys. So, you know, just keep hanging in there, guys. We're all in this together. But yep. until then, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 28 of VisionCon Live. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And make sure to tune in next Sunday, September 20th at 7.30 p.m. Central Time for episode 28 or 29 of VisionCon yeah. Live with my special guest, Chris Rager, Mr. Satan, obviously, and Josh Martin, Majin Boo. But until next time, guys, my name's Zach Wilson, but much more importantly, this <laughs> has been my special guest, Jamison Price. Make sure to check out the links down below in the description. And always remember, guys, that life's better when you've got friends to share it with.